0: Shocking news, Aaron Judge left game two of the doubleheader before the sixth inning with calf stiffness. We examine yet another Judge injury, the Yanks dropping both games in Atlanta, and look ahead to the five-game Subway Series this weekend. Yes, network commentator, five-time World Series champion, and Yankees great David Cohn also joins us. All that and more next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. Pitch,
1: pitch, right. All rise, you
2: call the pitch, pitch strike pod. Yo pod.
0: Welcome to the Strike Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion, Jeff Nelson. Follow us on Twitter, at Chris Sheeran. Yes, is myself. And Nelly is at NYNelly43. Subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. But do us a favor, and if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars there and write in a nice review if you would. Your support, as always, is appreciated. David Cohn joins us later in the show. But first, our great producer, Jake Brown, hits us with what's in the papes.
1: Well, guys, breaking news in the papes is Aaron Judge just breathed and he has pelvic stiffness and his career is now over. No, I'm just kidding. But he (laughs) is out again as pelvic stiffness is another theme with poop on this show. Uh, His calf tightened up running his second base. What the hell's going on with him? Are you worried this could be something serious or the Yankees just taking another precaution with Judge here?
0: It didn't seem like Aaron Boone was too concerned in his post-game comments. They were going to look at him further uh, today, as we tape this on Thursday. We're going to see if it's serious. If he's not in the lineup in the first game of the doubleheader tomorrow against the Mets on Friday, as we wait for this five-game Subway Series smackdown with two doubleheaders scheduled for Friday and Sunday, and the remnants of Hurricane Laura sweeping through uh, the East Coast uh, over this weekend. It looks like Saturday might get washed out too so it's going to be interesting to see how many of these games the yankees and mets get in but as as far as judge goes nelly i mean i just think this is the team being uber uber careful with their star player because when you have guys out like dj LeMahieu, who sets the table and who makes this lineup go judge said in one of his pre- or post-game press conferences earlier this year that LeMahieu is the guy that makes the offense go so with him out with glaber torres out stanton out you need to keep judge healthy to stay in this lineup because without him in this lineup we're seeing how much the yankees could struggle nelly
2: oh i agree and I am concerned uh, you know he has gotten injured in the past and I know a lot of it is not uh, not like a freak in it basically were freak injuries a swing or a, you know a dive trying to make a play to me, I'm gonna ask the question are the Yankees doing enough to keep these guys healthy and apparently uh, to my in my opinion they're not you know they I had a lot of friends and a lot of people that I knew that lost jobs because the Yankees wanted to revamp their whole training staff, their strength and conditioning staff and to me, it's not working. You know, there, there's a lot of guys that are going down that I feel that shouldn't go down. Uh, you know, some of these injuries, whether it's stretching, whether it's running, how are they lifting? What are they doing? Are, are they taking the proper measures to keep these guys on the field? This shouldn't happen. You know, I don't remember guys in my day that were big guys that that got hurt all the time. Uh, pulled something or had calf injuries or whatever. I mean, you look at Dave Winfield. This guy was six six. I don't remember him going on the. Uh, well, back then it was a DL, but IL now. Uh, you know, you just didn't see it. And you know, so my question is, are the Yankees doing enough to keep these guys healthy to keep these guys strong? Because I, I I don't see it. Next up in the Papes guys is the Yankees lost both games of the doubleheader.
1: The Braves they've lost five straight games. They've fallen sixteen eleven, and two and a half games back in the AL East. We'll start with game two. Masahiro Tanaka, the plug was pulled quick on him after just five innings and under 70 pitches. Did Aaron Boone make a mistake by taking him out, therefore the bullpen blowing it and then losing the game? Should Tanaka have stayed in that baseball game?
0: Well, not based on what was said in the postgame. We'll talk to David Cohn about this later in the show about Masahiro Tanaka coming out after just 66 pitches when a starting pitcher says to his manager, I've emptied the tank after 66 pitches, and you have a rested, a well-rested uh, Chad Green out in the bullpen who's had a tremendous start to this season. I mean... it, it this is a damned if you're due and a damned if you don't situation for Boone. If his starting pitcher comes up to him and says he he's emptied the tank, you can't run him back out there. If that is indeed the case, I, if I'm the manager, I'm not running a guy back out there who says he's emptied the tank after 66 pitches. I'm going to my firepower in my bullpen, which is, you know, you have... You have a lot of barrels in that Yankee gun out there that can get get you out. It just didn't work out for Aaron Boone last night. Chad Green comes out, gets the first two outs, and then gives up the single to Swanson and the Home run to Freeman, and away we go. The Yankees lose game two. And like I said, Nelly, it's he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. But if your starter comes up to you, Nelly, and says, "I've emptied the tank," what are you supposed to do as a manager?
2: Well, you pull him. I, I I get it. But then it's going to go on my first answer with the first question: are, are they doing enough to keep these guys strong and get these guys stronger to go through, go deeper into the game? And it's not just the position players; it's the pitchers as well. How how if you're supposed to be Uh, one of the stud pitchers on the team and, and all of a sudden you've emptied everything after 66 pitches, obviously they haven't built him up enough to go any longer. Uh, so that's a question are they doing enough to get these starters to go deeper into the game to get their arm strength to have the ability to go deeper into the game because 66 pitches is nothing Uh, you should be able to at least go 100 105 and I know you have the the elbow problem that you've been pitching on for the last few years but still 66 pitches if he wouldn't have said hey I emptied the tank then I would have questioned the move no matter if it worked out or not worked out you know you just go on the eye test and he was cruising through the game so it's really a surprise to me. Garrett Cole's last loss
1: was May 22nd 2019 it seems like just an absurd amount of things have happened since then I don't even remember 2019 what what that world was but the Yankees lose 5-1 he gives up three homers any concern here over garrett cole finally having a bad start
0: well first of all i'm a big futurama fan and before one of the uh shows they always put up like a little saying in season six i believe it was it said all future travel to the year 2020 is banned and uh, now we know why and matt Groening with the simpsons has predicted a lot of things but One thing he didn't predict, Jake and Jeff, is uh, Garrett Cole not losing for over a year, for crying out loud. That was never in a Simpsons episode. I'm not worried about Cole. I see about how he goes about his business. I see how when he got taken out of that game after throwing 109 pitches and wanting to finish the seventh inning. uh, Last week when the Yankees were, uh, before the Yankees got postponed due to COVID with the Mets and then due to rain in that first game uh, against the Braves. You know, he, he, I have no worries about Cole. The home runs yesterday, you tip your cap to Ronald Acuna Jr., who took a 98-mile-an-hour outside fastball and pulled it 477 feet. That's just an uber-talented player. Yeah, he gave up three homers in a 5-1 loss. Uh, he gave up a lot of home runs last year, too. He throws a lot of fastballs. As you're going to hear David Cohn say later, he challenges a lot of hitters. And uh, it, it doesn't shock me. But the way he goes about his business, Nelly, and the way he prepares and the way he competes, Garrett Cole is the least of my concerns with this New York Yankees club.
2: No, I mean not the starting rotation. It does get. Would like to have him keep the ball in the yard a little bit more. Uh, you, You know, he is what tied for. Uh, the major league lead in giving up the most home runs. I think there's like three or four of them that are given up 10 or so. That's a little alarming. You know, to me, sometimes he overthrows and he misses his location. I think sometimes he doesn't come inside enough. And I'm always a proponent of someone coming inside and setting up pitches. Uh, if you're not coming inside and you leave a hanging breaking ball over the middle of the plate, then it's going to get tattooed. And that's what happened yesterday. So I would like to see him. Everything's 100% with him. And you understand why. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is. And he's an unbelievable pitcher, obviously. i just think sometimes he overthrows and that winds up costing him and i think that's why the ball flies out of the yard
1: and by the way guys there is a decent chance i'm just reading now that aaron judge may need to return to the injured list (sighs) uh we'll we'll see what happens they are not official yet but there's a chance he does um a guy with a contractual issue here that's been in the news has been J.A. happ his vesting option is 10 starts or 61 in the third innings. We've talked about this before, but it's starting to escalate now. And, you know, Jay Happ said to the media, you guys could understand what's going on. Essentially pointing to he thinks that the Yankees are skipping him and delaying him, especially now with these double headers, a couple of days because those couple of days could be the one start that he needs to get to that 10 starts. Do you think Brian Cashman in the front office is telling Aaron Boone here to uh, – to delay him from starting and trying to make sure that this $17 million option doesn't kick in. I
0: I don't think so. You know, the way this season is going, I think the Yankees are trying their best to to get wins. And if Jay Happ wants to go to the mound, I I have uh, two words for him. Pitch better. He started terrible to this season. His start was awful. He was great in spring training 1.0. He was great in summer camp or spring training 2.0. But when he got his first couple of starts, he looked absolutely lost. Why would you run a guy out there when he looks absolutely lost? He did win his game against the Red Sox. It wasn't a a very powerful lineup there for Boston, but you pitch against who you're supposed to pitch against. He got the win. But Jeff, to me, if you want to be in the rotation and you want to be out there every fifth day, Go out there and and pitch and, and, and be good. I mean, that's the way I look at this
2: i absolutely agree with you i mean jay hap's a great guy and yes when he first came over he had great numbers and they signed him to the two-year deal and you're absolutely right he hasn't pitched well Uh, you know besides like you said the red Sox game and that was one of those games he probably could have stayed in a little longer he probably could have rode him just a little bit longer for an extra inning or so he's got a six three nine era and three starts he's only pitched 12 and two thirds of inning so you know he's not going deep in the ball game he doesn't have that ability anymore uh, if he if he doesn't get right now, I'm seeing if he doesn't have the right umpire behind the home, behind home plate that doesn't give him off the corners two or three inches off the corners, he will struggle. He needs well, that. He needs that, he needs that Jeff.
0: He needs that to be successful. Absolutely, he's not, yeah. they don't do that anymore. They're not no.
2: very few umpires ever give you off the plate, and, and they're just not giving that. And with someone that has his kind of stuff, he is going to get hammered. It's already showed this year. If he's not getting the corners he's done. And, and, you know, the one time I think it was the Baltimore start, that he kept trying to hit that outside part of the plate over and over and over again. I think it was uh, everybody's favorite umpire. What's his, what's his Angel name? Angel Hernandez. Angel was behind the plate, <laughs> and he's not giving it to you. He's just not going to give you that outside part of the plate, and especially if you complain. So no, I agree agree with you totally. I don't think the Yankees are doing this on purpose. I think the Yankees are saying, you know what, pitch better, and then we'll then we'll then we'll love to have an extra guy. We need somebody in that rotation. The Yankees need somebody in that rotation to step up. And it just hasn't been J-Happ.
1: Angel in the infield, except the crowd is not waving and flying their arms. <laughs> By the way, Angels in the Outfield is on YouTube. It's bizarre for free. So if you want to just Google <laughs> Angel in the Outfield, watch yeah. it. you can watch for free on YouTube, and it's great. One of Danny Glover's best performances, in my opinion. Oh, um, DJ Lemayu uh, can return potentially for the Yankees. Would love you guys to look ahead here before you hand it off to David Cohen to this five-game marathon. We'll see with. The remnants of the hurricane uh, if all five of these games are played with how 2020 goes i would be stunned if all five get played but they're a doubleheader friday one game saturday doubleheader sunday who do you like in this series are you worried about who the yankees are going to throw out there you might see a little clark schmidt out there this weekend uh, break down this five-game garcia. set garcia
0: yeah, we we saw that with uh, our our buddy Kenny Davidoff uh, his his column the other day about possibly for the first time seeing Davy Garcia and uh, also seeing uh, Clark Schmidt. Wow. But I saw a post on Facebook. You have to follow this guy on Facebook. And he was on our podcast and he's great. Ron uh, Bloomberg, uh, who is absolutely phenomenal uh, when he came on and talked with Nelly and I, the first ever DH, played for the New York Yankees. He was the first ever DH back in 1973, has the book Designated Hebrew. And he brought up the great point about bringing up a guy like Clark Schmidt or a guy like Davey Garcia. The, the trade deadline is coming up, too, on August 31st. So you don't want to bring these guys up, Nelly and have them have a poor performance, it's going to send their stock down. And it's just a tricky situation. And I talked to Jack Curry about this off the air, at yes, before yesterday. And we were talking about the Yankees' depth and how they do have the depth to substitute for a guy like Aaron Judge and substitute for a guy like Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield. But when you're looking up the middle with DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres, both on the injured list right now, That to me, and that to what Jack said to me on the BP show yesterday, that Jeff is the devastating thing right now for the Yankees. Up the middle, it's not just offensively with D.J. LeMay who's setting the table, but you're talking about the strength of your defense. Everybody, when they talk about baseball, from the time that they're in Little League, Jeff, to the time that they're in the professionals, if they're blessed enough to make it that far, the strength of your defense is your catcher, your shortstop, your second baseman, and your center fielder. Those were where your best defenders are. And right now, the Yankees are
2: missing their middle infield, and that's a big deal. It is a big deal, but at the same time, you know, pitching is going to win you World Series, and I, I don't see the Yankees parting ways with Schmidt or Garcia in any type of trade because now it's a, this is a different time, and you know, eight teams are making the playoffs in the American League. I counted, and in the American League, there's probably six teams right now that are probably out of it, and I don't know if there's anybody taiwan walker uh you look you know even in the National League, there might be three teams that you can pre- pretty much say okay they're not they're not going to have a shot at making the playoffs uh so three out of 15 six out of 15 and if you look at those nine teams who do they have to you know that you want to trade for anyway whether it's a pitcher or not i mean
0: those teams jeff this is a weird year because you're going to have 16 playoff teams all these teams that you're thinking about dealing with they're on the fringe of making the playoffs and they've and and they might not have that opportunity in another season. They might not want well, to part with this pitcher. Not, or that
2: and pitcher. it's just not—you're just going to have to find out what you have in in your organization. You're going to have to see if Garcia or Schmidt can help you, and and in, in this rotation. And if they can. You know, you might give them the the amount of starts that you need these next five weeks to get into the playoffs because you're going to need somebody behind Cole. You don't know what Paxton's going to be like and if he even comes back, you know, and also Tanaka. Tanaka right now is telling you 66 pitches he's done and I've emptied the tank. I mean, that's a pretty short tank. It's almost like a go-kart going on. I mean, what's what's, (laughs) what's happening here? I mean, I have no idea, but uh, it's just difficult. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of pitching out there to be trading for. Uh, And as far as equality, you might have somebody in your minor leagues a lot better in this this alternate site, a lot better than anybody out there that you would have to trade for. You guys want to make a friendly wager on on this weekend
1: at all on uh, Mets, Mets, Yankees?
0: Oh, we can do that. We All can do that right, absolutely.
1: See. So if the Mets, if it happens, if the five game series happens, <laughs> yeah, we, we if, only- if it happens, if the Mets win, th- let's say steak dinner. If the Mets win three out okay. of five, you guys treat me. Well, that's the thing. You, I, it's got to be one of you. I, I got then I got to pay for two. If, if well, it's the you other, you got to get Figgy involved. Yeah. You okay. Fine. All right. Yeah. So, so Mets win three out of five. You guys take us out to dinner whenever safe and appropriate. And the Yankees win three out of five or better, then uh, we take you out.
2: There's the Offside seating and, you know, you might as well start picking the steakhouse now, Chris, because there's no way the Mets are winning three. Hours. All I'll right, tell you right now, words. my wife,
0: my wife and I already went, Uh we, we spent our first anniversary out in San Francisco, we had our first date. Uh, in Stanford, Connecticut. And uh, we had our last anniversary. We were supposed to be in Paris, but because of this uh, coronavirus, we had to cancel our trip. And uh, we went to Morton's, the steakhouse in Westchester County. So book it. It's opened for indoor dining and uh, we could go and we could have a socially distanced meal with the four of us. To the winner goes the spoils of sitting there watching the other pair eat and knowing that they have to pay for the other
2: pair's. And I can bring two Yankee jerseys and they can both wear them, yes, oh, no, the no, no, that it will not be done. I will yes, not be putting. Yes, and we'll on.
0: be taking pictures nope. of you in those Yankee.
1: That,
2: that, I would You're be putting my number on the back. That- <laughs>
1: Nope, never (laughs) happening. That was not part of the deal. Only steak and food is involved in this deal. Virtual handshake, virtual handshake.
0: All right, all right, right. virtual handshake. I I wanted to piggyback on that point before we send uh, this to uh, Yankee great David Cohn and Nelly. Before Jake jumped in there, I was going to try to jump in and say, you know, as far as Masahiro Tanaka goes about the 66 pitches about emptying the tank, just a quick comment from you because that to me coming from Tanaka, that seems like a weird comment. Coming from him based on what he's done in the postseason and how good he's been for this team since he signed on, especially in the postseason, hearing that come from his mouth, it, it, it to me is is extremely head scratching.
2: Well, I'm sure Aaron Boone was the same way. And, you know, as far as scratching his head and saying, What, 66 pitches? And you said you emptied the tank. You know, I just wonder again, you know, you have all these injuries. Are they doing the appropriate measures to keep these guys healthy? I just haven't seen it yet, especially when they revamped everything in their training staff and strength and conditioning. Uh, I I know a lot of it they couldn't get to, or they were just starting in March and then everything got shut down. And even with the pitching, you know, are they doing everything they can to keep their, you know, build up their arm strength? Obviously Garrett Cole is, and the relievers are easy because they basically have to go one or two innings, but starters are a little bit different. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I know he's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't know if he's thinking, Hey, I need to try to stay as healthy as possible and five's good for me. So I can go and sign whether it's with the Yankees or someone else. But, that, you know, you're trying to win and win the East. I mean, you want to get into the playoffs. Yes, the Yankees are going to get in, but, you know, you're going to need somebody behind Garrett Cole. And if if you have somebody telling you, hey, I, I got to shut it down after five yeah. or 60 pitches, that's that's a little. Uh, I, I,
0: I think there's a lot of factors going in, being a free agent, having this being a weird season that could be shut down at any second. Uh, and Tanaka, as we both know, as we all know, needs his slider and needs his splitter to be on point in order for him to be successful. And maybe he thought those secondary and third pitches just were not up to snuff if he went back out there, but let's talk now uh, Nelly with a guy who, even if he didn't have his good stuff, he invented ways to get guys out. We chat next with yes. Network color commentator and Yankees. Great. The five-time world series champion, David Cohn. (laughs) David Cohn joins us now of the S yes network, of course, and also five-time uh, all-star and a five-time world series champion for with the Yankees. You could follow him at Twitter at the D 36 and Instagram. At Coney thirty six thirty six, you could hear him on the call with Michael K and Paul and Neil Company on the Yes Network. David, thank you so much for joining Jeff and I. We appreciate it. Let's just start with the gigantic elephant in the room, and that's uh, Aaron Judge again leaving the game last night with another calf injury. How shocking is this for you, David, to see him go through so many injuries like this? Because, and I'll throw this out at you: I did the BP show on Yes uh, before the game yesterday, and they had a shot of Judge stretching. He's just such a physical specimen, David. He's like an Adonis. And it just seems weird to me that he's hurt so many times.
3: Well, yes, it is. I mean, um, that's the thing about a calf injury is that you can go through all the rehab you want and in under-controlled environment, and you think you're fine. But then when you get into a baseball game and you've got to sprint from a stop or in metal spikes on dirt, it's a whole different animal. And, you know, that's why they try to protect, it and protect him from himself, you know. He didn't want to go on the I.L. in the, in the original place. Now, here we are first game back, and uh, this is the worst nightmare that you sort of re-aggravate the the original injury in your first try of of really trying to test it in a real game.
2: Now, Coney, you think because of the eight teams that are getting into the playoffs, and obviously the Yankees are going to be one of them, whether it's in first place of winning the East or coming in second, do you think because of the 60 games are taking a little bit lighter on some of these players, maybe taking for granted saying, you know what, we're going to get there. Let's try to keep these guys healthy until the end of September where we can get these guys back and just maybe assuming a little bit too much as far as getting into the playoffs? Yeah, it's a great point, Nelly, because it really does matter. You know, with just getting in uh, in this year, this
3: particular year, it's such a weird year for everybody. Uh, you know, anybody who's in this industry is dealing with something you know, along the way. And of course, the players more than ever. So, uh, yeah, I think if I were running this team or if I had, you know, if I had a say, I certainly would err on the side of caution a little bit, especially with the pitching. We've seen so many pitchers go down across the league, almost twice as many I.L.s or injury uh, reports this year on pitching at this time of the year as opposed to last year. And the quick ramp up, the three weeks for these guys, the starting and stopping and spring training and summer camp, I mean, it really does take its toll and uh, you really have to be careful and keep your eye on the ball on this one and just get to the postseason, you know, and, and it you know every day changes, every week changes. So you you know, you hope there is a postseason at this point. But nonetheless, yeah, Nellie, it's a great point. I if I were if I were in, in that clubhouse i'd be worried about protecting guys right now
0: and uh how about garrett cole david last night we saw him give up uh those home runs and a 5-1 loss his first loss since may of last season is there any concern there with him i mean this was the first real hiccup with him on the mound He's he's been fantastic for the yankees so far but what did you see from him in the first game of the doubleheader? where he gave up those home runs and took his first loss.
3: Yeah, Chris, I think the surprising part was, you know, the breaking balls. That he usually dominates with a couple of hangers that uh, he gave up a couple home runs on. Uh, the one to Acuna Jr. was a 3-2 count. It was a fastball. You know, Garrett Cole throws a lot of four-seam fastballs. He challenges a lot of hitters in the heart of the plate and up the ladder. So you anticipate that some somebody's going to catch up to some of those. He's going to give up his share of home runs, especially on fastballs. But you don't you don't see him give up give him up on his breaking balls like that. So two out of the three were were on breaking balls. One was a, a knuckle curve and one was a slide. And You know, that, that, those are the pitches you expect him to kind of, uh, you know, bury hitters on, especially right-handed batters. But I expect to see some home runs off of fastballs from him. And that's his M.O. He gave up a bunch last year. If there are solo shots, you hope it doesn't burn you. But, you know, he challenges so many hitters that you you expect supply balls to leave the ballpark.
2: Well, let's go to the second game, and Masahiro Tanaka throws five innings, 66 pitches, and okay, you can hi- easily say hindsight with with Chad Green coming in and giving up the home run to Freeman, but I w- still would have second-guessed it anyway and wondered why Tanaka's not going a little bit deeper, and, and to me, a lot of times it's the eye test. You look at how guys are facing hitters and how they're cruising along through the game, and Really, have not shown much effort out there as far as getting guys out, and that's what I felt like Tanaka was doing. And all of a sudden, he gets pulled after five.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it, I was interested in that as well. I know it was a seven inning game. Obviously,
2: Aaron Boone was trying to do everything he could
3: to to avoid a sweep, and Chad Green was rested and off to a great start this year. So there's a lot of a lot of factors involved. But you know, the thing that interested me was the conversation that that was detailed afterwards between Aaron Boone and, and Masahiro Tanaka. The whole, you know, he kind of uh the tank there. I'm with you, Nelly. I mean, after 66 pitches, I've never heard a pitcher say that, at least a starter, as far as uh, he emptied the tank in only 66 pitches. But this is a different year and Tanaka got off to a slow start once again, you know, in the ramp up. So if he said that, if Tanaka said that he's starting to feel a little tired after five innings, then maybe that that impacted Aaron Boone's decision, you know, along with Chad Green being ready. So I don't know. I I just think that maybe Aaron Boone thought, you know what, I'm going to treat this seven inning game like a nine inning game. This is now the the seventh inning, uh you know, or the eighth inning, we're going we're gonna to go to Chad Green, so, I, I, you know, there's probably some things we don't know about that happened in that conversation, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, after 66 pitches, you, you kind of wonder, a guy's cruising, and uh, you know, maybe you let him go back out there, uh, but there's something about a reliever starting a fresh inning, you know that as well, as well as any, Nelly, that sometimes your best relievers are better off starting a fresh inning than waiting till one or two guys are on and bring them in.
2: Do you think Boone goes to the bullpen a little bit too quickly? You, you know, sometimes to me, I've seen it with Jay Happ, I mean, he hap got pulled one time uh you you look at uh cole his last start you know just to try to finish that seventh inning off because he had 109 pitches and with him it's probably uh he's probably one of those guys you could let go maybe 115 you think because they have such a good bullpen and you see it around the league you know starters don't go deep into the game anymore and, and and teams love to go to their bullpen and they love to go to it maybe too quickly
3: yeah, I mean that—that's that—that—that uh, that, that is the great debate in today's game, right? I mean, it seems like some of these moves are scripted beforehand. You know, there—there there certainly is a, a collaborative effort with the analytics department nowadays. They look at a lot of numbers and they slice and dice it all the way down to the bone. And and uh, you, you kind of get the feeling that some of these moves are predetermined. That if this happens in this inning, this is the this is the relief pitcher that should be brought in. And and and, and I I kind of get the feeling, Nelly that, uh, possibly, you know, that, that it's almost like, you know, how an M- NFL coach will script the first 30 or 60 plays of a game and, and they kind of know what they're going to do. I kind of feel like that's creeped into baseball a little bit where they script the bullpen usage beforehand and they kind of have a, an idea of what they're going to do before the game even starts.
0: I, I get that and I get the analytics, David, but doesn't that go against what you grew up with around this game? I, I mean, I know you're a big analytics guy, but if push came to shove, would you in certain situations? would you go with your gut more than the
3: numbers? I still think the manager should have veto power because he has his finger on the pulse of the clubhouse and he has real-time information on the ground during the game that that you know the people the people in the front office don't have informa- don't have that information until after a game so yes I you know I think we're seeing kind of a trend you know if you look at the way David Ross is handling the Chicago Cubs this year he's kind of pushing some of his starters to go a little a little the longer into the game so maybe we're going to see a trend where that comes full circle uh you know it depends on the starting pitcher but But there is no doubt that there are more good arms nowadays. You know, we talk about um, you know the velocity in the games uh, that uh, the, the pitchers are throwing the harder than ever you know it, it, the numbers back it up you know it's 93 to 94 miles an hour the average velocity as opposed to 90 91 10 20 years ago uh, but a lot of that velocity is in the bullpen and it seems like that's the biggest change in the game there are more uh, arms there's more better relievers than ever before uh, universally everybody's got uh, somebody or at least a handful of relievers that come in that all throw 95 Plus, and uh, a lot of them are young kids that are coming up. So that yeah, that is something to contend with. There's just more quality uh, across the league. There's better pitchers. There's more better pitchers, uh, rather. Uh and and all of them are in the bullpen.
2: You know, with that being said, Coney, you know, I I remember uh, it was Britton's comment in the playoffs last year when they were facing the Astros. And he he says, you know, we're just not getting overworked, but the looks, the team, you know, the Astros are seeing the same guys come out of the bullpen. And that's why one of the reasons why they were getting hit, you know, to me, you know, as a as a former reliever and, you know, you watch with all the guys coming out and it's not just the Yankees. It's some of it's some of the other teams, that you know, they lift their hat or they're pulling a card out of their out of their back pocket. Uh, it, it's so robotic now. It, you know, to me, it's not the idea that, OK, the Astros are seeing the same pitchers coming out of the bullpen. You're trying to get them out the same way, you know. If I'm coming into a four-game series, Coney, and you know that better than anyone, and I have to face the same guys over and over again, I'm not going to be able to get them out the same way. i got to I got to figure out how I'm going to get them out the second time. Can I still get them out with a slider? You always watch their swings. You watch, okay, how are they reacting to what I'm throwing to them? And to me, it's not the idea that they're seeing you the same time, same amount of times or multiple times. You're trying to get them out the same way. You look at Chad Green last, last year. He was trying to get the hitters out the same exact way every time he came in it's just constantly so robotic that they, I don't think they have any feel on how to see how what hitters are doing to them. Well, yeah,
3: I, I understand, and it's a point well taken, Nelly. Uh Certainly the art and the craft of pitching feels like, you know, in, in the power age, that maybe a little bit of that feel is lost, and uh, that's a valid point uh, across the board. I think that when you get the opportunity to pitch a lot as a starter, when you get the opportunity, as I did, to throw you know, uh, the third time through the order, and sometimes even the fourth time through the order that you you learn how to make adjustments. You you're forced to learn how to pitch a little bit and how how to uh, learn your craft and uh, you know pitch with less a, at times. So yeah, so yeah, that's not going to be allowed to, to happen more. You know, starting pitchers are you know they're going to be out of there after 100 pitches or 110 pitches. Even the best ones, the relievers uh, are, are going to get used in high leverage spots nowadays. Uh, it's predetermined uh, uh, to me. And so yes, uh, you, you're right. Something that's lost is a little bit of the craft, a little bit of you know what I got to figure out a way to do this now and then the only way you learn how to do that is to be given the opportunity to do it. And those opportunities are few and far between for both the starters and the relievers now. And you can say, well, it was better back then. It's just different now. It's, it's a different game. It's managed differently. It's handled differently. And as I said, there's more arms in the bullpen to work with. Uh, they're deeper. Um, you know, there's 13 players on the 25-man roster uh, that are pitchers. You know, I mean, Nellie, back in the 90s, you remember the bullpens we held, you know, you had your middle reliever, you, everybody had to, you know, rolls, and your setup guys were your setup guys, but there was four or five relievers down there, and now you've got eight or nine, sometimes ten, so uh, it's a it's a whole different ball game for choices and, and how the, the bullpens are constructed nowadays.
2: So, so with that being said, you know, I was a guy when I played, and especially young when I was younger and coming up, I used to watch watch pitchers, and I used to watch, to me, I was a visual guy, and I you, you were one of the ones that I used to watch when you were with the Royals and when you were with the Yankees and the Blue Jays. I used to watch you, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, how you went about your business on the mound and how you got guys out. I mean, to me, we came from pretty similar arm slots. I mean, you you were inventing everything out there when when you were uh, when you were pitching, especially late in the ball game. I mean, you would just do the Louis Tiant, whatever you did, you would get guys out. And to me, you know, if I look now, yes, there's a place for analytics and I know it's it's, they're doing a great job of trying to give guys as much information as possible, sometimes too much. You know, to me, I don't think for for me, analytics wouldn't have made me a better pitcher I, because it, for me, it's it's telling me I got to go away all the time, and that's not where I have to live. I had to live on the inside part of the plate, both lefties and righties, just because of the slider. So with that, you think analytics would have made you a different pitcher? Would it have made you a better pitcher? Or you know, like you just mentioned, hey, the third time, fourth time around the lineup, I'm I'm trying to figure out, okay, what what are they looking for, and I'm seeing how the hitters react a little bit more, a little bit more on feel.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question you know we tend to put analytics all under one umbrella you know and to me there's different features of analytics you know part of the analytics is you know, being able to measure your spin rate, your arm angles, your release point, whereas before pitching coaches just had to go with what they, you know, their naked eye. You know, Nelly, Nelly, if you're having problem with your slider, let's go down to the bullpen and work on it. And let me tell you what I see. Well, now I can bring the high speed cameras and show you your release point. Last year when you were dealing, this was your release point. You're a little bit lower this year, according to to the analytics. Now, that that would be very useful to me. Or let me tweak let me tweak my grip a little bit and see what kind of spin rate and, and and how that looks. And rather just with the naked eye, I could go to the computer screen and see, oh yeah, this this spin rate's uh, you know, uh, higher than it was uh, your last start. Yeah, that's got a little more break to it. This is a little more tilt to it. So yeah, I think in the pitch design area, I would have loved to have that, you know, throwing on the side or in the off season, have a little pitching lab and analyze your sliders. But I would have loved to see Your spin rate, Nelly. Your slider was so wicked and broke so far. You know, you see Adam Adovino or Chaz Rowe. Yours was just bigger, bigger than theirs. You know, and those are the two biggest in the game. I would have loved to see the numbers on, on your slider, Nelly, and then maybe tweak it, tweak it a little bit. I think that could have helped. Now, as far as, the, you know, you know, sabermetrics or third time through the order or these kind of mathematical formulas, that's a different part of the analytics. And yeah, I mean, that, that's the part we were talking about before where pitchers are losing a little bit of feel for their craft and going and going just with the power game. You know, that's a valid point there to, to, to we can get into that all day and talk about that.
0: Yeah, Aaron Boone was damned if he did and damned if he didn't last night. Because if he if he leaves Masahiro Tanaka in and Acuna takes him deep and ties the game, or or the Braves take the lead, then he's answering questions about why didn't he take Tanaka out? Why didn't he go to Green? So it's it's a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation. And and they went by the numbers and they just got burned. And it happens sometime. And David, I, I I hate to take a hard right turn here, but I I, I need to because we're running out of time. With you and be I ask all of Nelly's former teammates this question: How he was as a teammate, and also he is brought to our attention. David, I'm not. I'm not quite sure if you're aware because you were a starter, maybe you weren't in the bullpen. Uh, With these guys, but he has brought up not one, not two, not three, at least ten poop stories from the Yankees bullpen in the late '90s. Did you know anything about that? And how was this guy as a teammate?
3: Well, the you know the relievers are like a secret society. You know, they they have their own. (laughs) The Illuminati. (laughs) Yes, exactly. They they have their own handshakes. They you know they, they, they 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 keep things within. You know, and they're a tight knit group, and and rightly so. Uh, you know, Nelly was as old school as they came. He was as tough as they came. Uh, you know, when when we had that fight with Armando Benitez, it's no it's no secret that it was Nelly leading the charge. Nelly and Graham Lloyd running in for the bullpen. And yeah, said, we learned that. that. Yeah, we're gonna protect our teammate Tino here. And it, that, that's the thing I remember is that those guys really top to bottom and Nelly was right in the middle of, of that relief core and that dynasty that won 4 out of 5 championships that those guys in the middle relief didn't get enough didn't get enough credit you know in my mind uh, the starters got credit Mariano Rivera got credit but to me there was out after out in big spots throughout that throughout that championship run that those guys came through in the postseason they were great and uh, undervalued, underrated, not given enough credit. You know, I've always said, and I've said this recently, it's nice to see relievers get big contracts. You Adam a contract, over the last three or four years, it's those middle relievers, those setup guys are the first ones that get signed in the offseason. They're the first ones getting the multi-year deals now. And, and and I say, hooray, it's about time that those guys get credit for what they do. Uh, I've got four rings because of the job Jeff Nelson and
2: his, and his uh, bullpen mate did. You made it easy. You five. guys went seven innings. We only had to worry about like four outs. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, those four outs are hard to come by a lot of times too
3: uh, late in the game. So, uh, you know, it was a real, it was a real you team. You guys effort. are five
2: and diving like they do now we might not have had
3: that.
2: <laughs> you to have four or five more guys down there to help you out. That's
3: for sure nowadays with the way the uh, rosters David,
0: are. David, you were you were a part of the first ever uh Subway Series when interleague started in 1997. Obviously, you were with the Yankees, but you were with the Mets as well. So you've been on both sides of this rivalry. uh Then you were part of the 2000 Subway World Series, the height of the rivalry. uh What was it like back then? How exciting was it? As we're on the precipice of this. Long weekend five game uh, subway series between the Yankees and Mets with two double headers on Friday and Sunday. Hopefully we can get the one in on Sunday with the remnants of Hurricane Laura coming in. But just take us back through that. Some memories of being a part of the first ever interleague play in 1997 in the 2000 subway series as well.
3: Yeah, Chris, it was incredible. I mean, uh, the, the New York fans, baseball fans, both sides of town were really hungry for this. It, it felt like something historical was happening. And then that first, I remember that first game I pitched against the Mets at Yankee Stadium. I'd never seen Yankee Stadium like that. Uh, it, there was half Met fan. And whenever something happened that went the Mets way, you could hear them rise out of their seats and start cheering. And it was just remarkable to see the dueling fan bases in both stadiums, in Shea Stadium and in Yankee Stadium. And it just, it felt like a big game game atmosphere and, and and new york fans they, they let you know when that when it's a big game you know the players we we you know we can or even the media can build up a big game all they want but the fans let you know and they really let us know during that series uh, uh and the newness of it maybe uh you know the historical nature of it but if you know the tension you could just feel it in, in the stands and uh you know as i i've took time during the game i looked up in the stands and you could see all the mets jerseys in yankee stadium and i don't think we've seen that since but certainly that first series we saw it then
0: david uh we can't thank you enough we could talk baseball with you for hours uh, obviously judged on judged by this conversation uh but you're our colleague over at the s yes network and uh, we can't thank you enough for some time today don't forget you could follow david on twitter at dcone 36 and instagram at coney 3636 five-time world series champion With the Yanks. Coney, thank you so much. We appreciate it.
3: My pleasure, guys. Good talking to you.
0: That's a wrap for episode 22 the Roger Clemens or Don't Hit Me, Jacoby Ellsbury episode of the Pinstripe Pod our new york yankees podcast from the new york post thanks to jake brown for producing the show make sure to subscribe to the pinstripe pod wherever you listen to podcasts if you're using apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and please write a positive review we appreciate your support for jeff nelson i'm chris Sheeran. we'll be back monday after the five game subway series this weekend enjoy the two double headers and five games and as always stay safe folks